0: weather and science
1: across the globe the weather jazz podcast what is crazy hot and super cool at the same time it's as clear as a bell there's only one thing it could be and you're listening to it get ready for today's episode of weather jazz
0: Welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything weather, science, earth science, and, yep, periodically. Even interesting off-topic episodes that interest me and hopefully I can make interesting for you. Most of the time, I do those on Open Line Friday. I am the host and the creator of the Weather Jazz Podcast. I'm Barry Bruniger. I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. And this is episode number 265 for Wednesday, December one. 2021, last month of 2021, which means that we have closed out another month, that being the month of November. And I have some of the official numbers for those of you who like to keep track of such things. You might want to have a scrap of paper and a pen handy. I'm going to give you some of the numbers so that you can transcribe that and file it wherever it is you like to file such things. Coming up in this particular episode, in just a little bit, yes, as advertised yesterday on Fox 8 News at 10, I am going to have Scott Sable with me. Scott is the morning meteorologist at WJW Television right here in Cleveland. And he and I frequently will talk about long-range and medium-range patterns. We're going to do that, not necessarily on the winter scale. We already did that and gave you a sense of where we think we might be heading for the winter months. But we're going to focus in and hone in on the month of December because we have December now with us. And, of course, it is the Christmas season. There's lots of planning going on. And we think we may have a little more of a fine-tuned and tweaked, adjusted view of what we can anticipate in the month of December coming up in just a little bit. We look at all kinds of parameters, the parameters through which we come up with a kind of a flavor forecast, if you will. And we will discuss that after the break. But first of all, let's get into the month of November. November 2021 is now closed. The average monthly temperature was 41.8 degrees, and that is 2.2 degrees below normal. Yep, colder than normal, but not by much. If you remember my rule it's plus or minus 2 on a monthly scale as to whether or not a month is normal. So we were literally just outside of what would be considered a normal November period 2.2 degrees under so it is just under that normal or that normal range. So a little colder than normal. Now, in terms of precipitation, we ended up with a total of 1.95 inches of liquid, and that is well below the normal. In fact, the departure from normal is 1.42 inches shy of where we should be. We ended up with 4.4 inches of snow, and that's pretty close to normal. In fact, prorated for the entire season, We are essentially at normal as of today and a little above normal for Akron, Canton, Mansfield and Youngstown, Youngstown being the most above normal. In fact, in Youngstown, it is the snowiest start to the season since 2014, and that's somewhat significant for them. How many times did the temperature stay at 32 degrees or below for the high temperature? None. They were all 32 or 33 and higher. And how many times did we see a minimum temperature at Hopkins Airport of freezing or below? And the answer to that is 16. So more than half the month had a morning low temperature that went under freezing. And just in case you were wondering, the highest temperature recorded in the month of November at Hopkins Airport officially was 72 degrees. That was back on November the 8th. And the coldest, 25 degrees. That was set on the 23rd of November. So there are your November stats. Now, coming up after the break, I'm going to be speaking with meteorologists. Scott Sable with a look at December, so don't go away. And we are back, and it is now time to dig into the month of December. Lots of interesting parameters, facts, figures, maybe terms you've never heard before. Pay close attention to them. We'll try to explain as many of them as we can for those of you that are into the weather nerdy conversations. I love them, and I hope you do too. So let's get into the conversation that I had with Scott Sable this morning, right here on Weather Jazz.
1: Hey, Scott, happy December. Yeah, it's hard to believe we're already into early December. I can't believe it. November flew by. Yeah, and uh, meteorological
0: winter has begun. A lot of people still having difficulties with that concept because for, for decades and decades and decades, we celebrate the winter solstice as being the beginning of astronomical winter. But really, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense for meteorologists. And I think more and more, we're getting people onto the fact that December, January, February, would be the winter months and so here we are meteorological winter
1: has uh, begun yeah it's hard to believe yeah i know a lot of people think of it too is when we get our first snow but then again there have been some years where we haven't had snow in november and december and it's been cold but you know last year i remember we had you know we had snow in december and we've had some snow already in november so so we'll take it from there go ahead andre
0: Yeah, December 1st, last year, I I saw a bunch of tweets uh, recalling that we had the first major snowstorm in Northeast Ohio on December 1st, and now we've had a number of uh, clipper systems, and so far that has pushed most of Northeast Ohio to a little above normal, uh, prorated for the day in terms of seasonal snow, but of course, It's still, I mean, it is beyond just the beginning of winter. So we really cannot do much with uh, those anomalies at this stage in the game. Now, Hopkins Airport is right at normal where we should be for the season. Akron, Canton, Youngstown, Mansfield, all above. But, you know, so what?
1: (laughs) We just started, didn't we? Right, right, exactly. You know, it's interesting because uh you know, we when you look back at history, we get about we get about 25% of our seasonal snow in November and December. It does vary from year to year, but it's around 25%. So, um uh, we got a long, long way to go.
0: All right, we have a, a brand new month and of course uh, we've been really focusing on the fact that we would have a a Cold, hard start, uh, November being a little colder than normal, and that's what it turned out to be, uh, 2.3 degrees under normal, just outside of the plus or minus two. So a little colder than normal, near normal or a little above normal snowfall. So that's about right. Now, we've been talking about the potential for a December to remember in the sense that it, it will probably end up being cold and snowy not the entire month, and we're still kind of sort of seeing that, but with some interesting nuances. Now, you uncovered some of those nuances recently on your blog, uh, and we'll link everybody up to your blog on this episode's show notes in case anybody wants to go check it out. But show us or share with us some of those little nuances that you've uncovered that might make December more interesting than just plain old cold and snowy through the whole
1: month. Yeah. So about a week, Let me we think here? It would have been about maybe, I want to say around five days before Thanksgiving. So, you know, we're recording this on the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. Maybe it was around Sunday or Monday before Thanksgiving last week. Um, I was looking at the SOI and I think we've talked about this on your podcast before. It's the Southern Oscillation index. And that's Mm. the differences between Australia and Tahiti. And those go through fluctuations, um, you know, throughout the year, each day you can actually look those up online and you can see the daily fluctuations, you know, you might have a, and it's, and it's measured in just broad numbers. So when we start to see the SOI go through like 20, 25 point, rises or falls, a lot of times that typically means you're going to go through some sort of change across North America. So you're thinking, wait a minute, this is Australian Tahiti. How can that, you know, how can that play a role in our weather up here? Well, it's very close to the area where, you know, the ENSO is, El Nino and La Nina. And so what happened about a week, well, about five days before Thanksgiving is that the SOI went through some changes. There was a big drop in the SOI. And I'm thinking, OK, let's go back and look at the composites for the SOI dropping significantly during La Niña in early winter. And what happened was, when you look down and you project that composite out 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 days down the road, it starts to show ridging in the middle of the U.S., which would indicate at least some warmth. I'm thinking, OK, this is interesting. It still showed some of the cold And some of the troppiness, like the residual clipper-type low pressure off the East Coast. But it started showing that ridging. And then there was another drop in the SOI. And then it started really started building the ridge. But it also started started showing clipper systems coming in from the northern half of the country. So I felt a little conflicted. I'm like, wait a minute, what is it? And I'm thinking, wait a minute, it's not what. What is it? It's a blend of both. right? So I was looking at that. And then I started looking at the pressure patterns. Over the Aleutian Islands, over the Bering Sea, and a lot of those pressure patterns, when you teleconnect three weeks down the road, typically uh, reflected the same type of a pattern that the SOI was showing. So, in other words, we're looking at, and this was showing up before the computer models even were picking up on this. That's why we like to do research and we like to use these other out of the box methods. And it was showing. Some warmth starting roughly, maybe little teaser periods of 40s and 50s in the beginning of December. But then we start to get into a pattern, of more consistent relative warmth the second week of December and maybe leading up to the midway point of December with Clipper Systems redeveloping behind that. So we were seeing that about you know what, a week ago or so. And the, now the models, after the SOI changes and after the changes in the Northern Pacific, the models... Are actually picking up on this right now. So I think what's going to happen, you know, we're seeing it a little bit on the eight day here across the Great Lakes. I think next week we'll start to see we'll still have periods of cold, but the cold won't be nearly as long. There'll be shorter periods of cold. Middle of December, we'll continue to have some periods where we have maybe two or three days up in the fifties, but we can't leave our guard down because these clipper systems will continue to ride up over the ridge of warmth and they'll be sneaky. And so I think around the 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th, once we head past the midway point of December, we'll start to get these clipper systems coming through with greater frequency. The warmth will back off again, but we could be looking at, you know, potential for lake effect heading into the third week of December. So, so yeah, we'll get periods of warmth for sure. And everyone will probably go, wait a minute, where's, where's, where's winter. And then all of a sudden the switch will flip and the pattern we've seen in November will probably resurface again.
0: Yeah, one of the telltale signs of November is we had a, a strat warm stratospheric warming event which really sent the temperatures uh, tumbling especially the, the second half of November. Currently the anomalies up around 10 millibars which is very 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 high up in the atmosphere. It's it's almost where the atmosphere essentially ends. As you're working up into space, those anomalies have pretty much settled pretty close to neutral. However, the latest models indicate another stratospheric warming event occurring in central and northern Canada roughly a week or two from now, which would translate again about 30 days in advance uh, ahead of a major chill down for the continental United States at the end of December. This sounds like a very complicated December, maybe a little more complicated than we had envisioned because
1: of so many variables that are coming into play. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the overriding variables is, of course, the La Nina, which has been pretty present, you know, for a while now. And, you know, a La Nina comes in many flavors, It's not just La Nina means this type of weather, you know, the La Nina background state can have systems coming from the west. It also means clipper systems coming in from the northwest, a highly variable jet stream across the, you know, across the central U.S. So it looks like that, you know, the La Nina on top of all the other variables we just talked about, you know, complicates matters. It really does. And it'll be interesting. Like you just said, you know, the the Arctic seems pretty stable right now. You know, nothing that's jumping out at you. But, you know, usually when we start to see some of these warmings, that usually you go three, four weeks down the road and we could be in for some cold maybe at the end of December. I remember last year in the middle of February when Texas had that big, big cool down. Right. And yes, had a, yes. Oh, it was around Christmas and that was in February. In Christmas time, there was a big stratospheric warming. And, you know, a lot of the long range meteorologists are saying, hey, wait a minute. This is something we need to watch now. Look for the end of January, early February, and we could be looking at something big. Now, I'm not saying this will be quite like that, but you know, these longer range outlooks, you can look at, at some of these variables, and and you know, if the, if the variables are, um, you know, pretty pretty sharp and, and and stand out, this this could mean for something you know, the other Christmas time it could mm-hmm. be like a Christmas potentially. We'll see.
0: And that's uh, where analogs really assist. And uh, for those not aware of what we're talking about, when we use or kick around the term analogs, which, again, are very helpful, as you mentioned, when you see a significant or a a pattern that has shown up in the past, explain to everybody what analogs are and
1: how we use them. So an analog is you look at... You could The current variables. All right. Let's say, you know, like we talked about the SOI and then you think to yourself, okay, well, was this present in the past? And if so, what type of weather did we have when we had these conditions present, say, in 2005 or whatever year it is? And you can go back and you can do a reanalysis and see exactly what was happening at that point. Um, and those are the, those are analogs. You can the, the, the uh, climate prediction center puts out analogs. They look at the pressure patterns. You can see analogs and they can do years. Uh say, okay, 10, you know, looking down the road, 10 days, this pattern looks like it did back in the 1950s or what have you. They're a good guide. I never use analogs as gospel. That's one big mistake that I think people use is that they look at analogs and go, oh, that's, that's what's going to happen. End of story. It's another tool. And it's another guide. And especially when the analogs start to, and the variables that you're using with those analogs are extremely, um, um, how should I put it? Extremely strong. Let's Mm -hmm. say a big El Nino or a big La Nina. And it really stands out. Those analogs can be extremely helpful. And a lot of times they can nail a pattern, you know, weeks down the road. So that's what an analog is. Um, It's just one of the other tools that we use that we really couldn't use those 20, 25 years ago because we didn't have the capability of looking back as much. The Internet's really helped us out in that regard. Right. That's where computer systems
0: have really assisted and the computing power, et cetera. And you're right Right. about the analogs. It's a good tool and uh, it may give you the flavor, but there are still way too many nuances and other variables that we've yet to discover that come into play. And I liken it to a snowflake. Y- you know when it's going to snow, but there are no two snowflakes ever alike. And that's right. the, the way winters go. Uh, I mean, this winter will we'll have flavors that we didn't anticipate. That's one of the beauties of long-range forecasting. And you have that element of surprise. And uh, who doesn't like a good surprise every once in a while, Right.
1: Absolutely. You know, I always use the analogy. It's like, and I think I've used it talking with you on your um, podcast before. It's like making a, a, a recipe. You have your grandma's old recipe. There's 10 ingredients. Well, your grandma makes it and it tastes great. You can do everything just right. And for some reason, you, the way you make it just doesn't taste like grandma's. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's not like winter outlooks. You can look at all the variables. You can try to connect all these different variables together and you can go, you know what? I have it nailed. And that for some reason, something just doesn't work out, you know, more technically. And I remember a scientist telling me this, you know, the atmosphere is a nonlinear system and it means all these different things are coming together at, at weird angles and just, it's nonlinear. And unfortunately our brains think in a linear way. We want things to just go cause and effect this to this, to this, to this equals this. And sometimes it's not necessarily a sum of the parts. So so we'll see. We'll see how it works out heading into December. I know the lake has been the Lake Erie here in northern Ohio um, has been still well above normal temperature wise. It's kind of coming down. It's come down significantly in a response to the cold November we've had. But we can we're, we're still open for business here for some lake effect. Hopefully, you know, for ski lovers, we get some of that around Christmas time. But in the meantime, looks like some of this warmth might temper that.
0: Well, what we'll do is we'll keep an eye on it and uh, we'll revisit this even this month if need be. But if not, we'll uh, come back in early January and uh, we'll see what kind of December we had and see what kind of signals we're getting for January as we progress uh, through winter. Scott, always a real pleasure to have you. These are always very popular downloads uh, whenever we talk about, especially winter, not so much summer, although you have some that are really interested in the summer weather forecast, but winter really gets uh, a lot of interest. And uh, yeah, I guess it makes sense because uh, all of us are impacted by wintry weather in some way, shape or form.
1: Oh, absolutely. I always equate the first snowflakes falling. People react to it like flakes of battery acid coming from the sky. <laughs> but that's how it is, really. I mean, you think about it, snow impacts everybody. And, uh-huh. and oh, if it's 75 and sunny or 80 and sunny, you know, it's 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 more pleasurable. You get snow at the wrong time and it can impact. It impacts everybody. It doesn't make any difference who you are or what you're doing. I don't know why anybody's uh, upset about
0: the thought of maybe some slightly warmer air in the winter, but Scott, I would love to plant a palm tree in my front yard. It's just <laughs> never going to happen in my lifetime. Never, ever, ever.
1: No, no, I totally agree with you. Yeah, we always. I have a hibiscus plant that I put out on the deck and always bring it in the house. Um, and it, uh, it gets used to the house, and then you know you hit in May when the frost is over and I move it back outside. But no, I'd never keep stuff like that outside, especially this time of year. It's funny, I still had tomato plants outside. And I, I got rid of those about three weeks ago because I knew the frost would hit it. But mm-hmm. anyway, that's kind of how if, it goes.
0: You know? If anybody wants to trade in their snowblower for a absolutely free tomato plant or or a palm tree, I'd be very happy to do that. No problem. Absolutely. All right, Scott, have a wonderful rest of your December. We'll check in with you, as always, if you see something that's uh, worthy of bringing up on weather jazz just uh, give us a call
1: we'll get you on right away absolutely and i'll post all the soi and all that technical stuff i just went over i'll post it on my weather blog here today so you can see some of the analogs and some of the graphics and some of the stuff that we look at uh, when we do our long-range outlooks
0: and there you have it with a little more resolution a more detailed look at what we think December may hold. It certainly sounds like a very interesting month and we'll, of course, break it down for you once we get into the brand new year 2022, which is now less than a month away. Can you believe it? Really wild stuff. I hope you've enjoyed what Weather Jazz has had to offer you And it's my hope that you're going to spread the word every way you can, by social media, by email. If you know somebody that might enjoy Weather Jazz, please tell them about it, even if it's just over the fence to your neighbor. Certainly, the more, the merrier that to get involved in Weather Jazz. And I'm always looking for you to maybe breathe some life into some of these episodes by offering either a question or a topic suggestion. And you can give me your input by either emailing me at weatherjazz at Yahoo.com or you can call me and leave me a message or voicemail at the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect line, 234-525-5888. Again, 234-525-5888. You can always click on the Contact tab at the very top of weatherjazz.com and get uh, yourself those links as well. Speaking of links, right here on episode number 265, I'm going to have a link to Scott Sable's blog for those of you who are interested. He always is posting some very interesting things, including, and especially really, a medium and long range forecasting tools that we talk about right here on Weather Jazz. And one more note, and I'm hoping to get uh, my good friend from Reykjavik, Iceland, to join us in the month of December, Pastor Gunnar Ingi Gunnarsson from Lostofan Baptista Kirka, which stands for Upper Room Baptist Church in the Reykjavik area, actually a little town called Kupavar, which is southeast of Reykjavik by about uh, 10 miles or so. Uh, It's a suburb, beautiful place, overlooks their church anyway, overlooks a a wonderful lake off to the southeast. But that's another subject for another time. The reason I mention him is I'd like to have him back on to talk about some of the dark days there in Reykjavik. Uh, I will be doing an interesting time lapse sometime just before Christmas on Fox 8 News. I did a time lapse here in the last few days of a webcam that uh, overlooks Reykjavik Bay up to the north from a high-rise building uh, right up against the bay. And obviously, the the sun doesn't start to illuminate things until about uh, almost 10 a.m. And the sun goes down to the point where it's dark between 3.30 and 4. Well, believe it or not, as dark as it is now, they still have to lose another hour's worth of daylight to get to the winter solstice, the shortest day of the year. And on the shortest day of the year, the sun in Reykjavik will rise only about two degrees above the horizon for a couple of hours and then back down again. And so hopefully, anyway, right around the 22nd, give or take, I'm going to be looking for a somewhat decent day where the sun makes an appearance and do another time lapse. And I'm going to put them side by side to show you that uh, one hour can really make a difference between December 1st and December 22nd. So they're really bottoming out in those dark days of winter right now. And we'll hopefully be able to talk to Gunnar about uh, what it's like, what they do. I know what he does uh, as they get dark right around dinner time, which is kind of an interesting uh, little family tradition shall we say? Uh, I'll just leave it at that, because that's going to be something interesting that perhaps we can talk to him about. All that to let you know, first of all, that we have that time lapse in the queue, ready to go sometime just before Christmas on Fox 8 News, but also to let you know that on weatherjazz.com, episode number 265, Gunnar is doing a wonderful series on Advent, the first Sunday in Advent was last Sunday, and for Gunnar, it was the first Sunday back at the church because he and his entire family were in quarantine with COVID for a couple of weeks. He ended up having to do the service from his office slash garage, and uh, that's where he does this podcast, too, incidentally, when we do schedule it. So uh, I am going to post on episode number 265, Gunaf's first message on Advent. And for those that are not aware of the Advent calendar, the first Advent, the first Sunday in Advent focuses on hope. And it was a great message. I am going to post a link so you can listen to it right there on weatherjazz.com, episode number 265. I hope you'll take the time to do that. And if you listen via a podcast app, and you don't usually go to weatherjazz.com, no problem. On your podcast app, do a search for Sermons from Iceland. And not to worry, it's not in Icelandic. They do have an Icelandic service a couple of hours later on Sunday, which I believe is at uh, 2 p.m. But their first service is an English-speaking service, and Gunnar's English is just... Par excellence, to use a French term. And the reason is because he spent three years in Alabama in his high school years uh, going to school there. So his English is superlative. And almost 95% of Icelanders do speak a fluent English. And uh, so he uses the first service to go to English-speaking protocol. And that is the service that I produce for them at Lofstofan uh, from here. And uh, I produce it for, make sure it's up and running, and uh, we're approaching 100 episodes. And so last Sunday's episode was episode number 92. Again, you can listen to it either on your favorite podcast app, just do a search for sermons from Iceland, or go to weatherjazz.com and listen to it right there on the audio player that I have embedded on episode number 265. Well, Open Line Friday is coming around. The first one of the month of December and you never, ever know what I have planned. Hmm. Sometimes I don't either. (laughs) And sometimes those are the best episodes when you get right down to it. So we'll see you on Friday. Weather and science across the globe.
1: J-